Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. The number to get on the air is 303-690-3000. That's the show. We talk about things on the air. We call with your questions, uh, and we open the Bible together. Um, I primarily open it on my computer now, um, but we open the Bible together and we talk about the things of God. We pray together uh, and um, we are able to not only talk to one another about the things of the Lord, but everyone listening in gets to join in on the conversation. They get to listen in in their car, in their kitchen. They get to learn how to how to answer questions. Uh, you could very well be asking a question that someone's wanted to ask for a long time. And you have the time, and you're in a safe place. Uh, call 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And if you're in a safe place and you can't call but you can text, then here's the text number. It's dedicated, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897, and that's for texting only, and would love to have you join us. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls, taking your questions, and talking about the things that are on your mind. Um, what has, you know, maybe it's something that you learned in church recently. Uh, maybe it is a a question that you've always wanted to ask. Uh, maybe it is a, um, you know, a, one of those difficult questions that you haven't had the chance to, you know, really come to that place where uh, you have an answer that's satisfactory. Um, I'll give it a shot, do my best to see if I can't bring an answer to it or talk it through. So give me a call, 303 690 and the lines filled up pretty quickly as the our producer is screening them. So I'm going to go right to the phone lines to Princess in Aurora, Colorado. Princess, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Um, so the Lord has moved me into uh, supervised, unsupervised visitation with my two children, who I've not had custody of for six years. You and I have talked about that briefly. Yes, and that's great news. Yeah, two hours every Sunday, and her and I... Go ahead. No, I just... That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) And we're moving to four hours to Saturday, so Mm. the Lord's moving us right along. It's been quite a journey. But, um, you know, at the end of our visit last Sunday, uh, my daughter... We were. I'm trying to find ways to engage with a child that I haven't had for six years, and so I, I had this idea. She, you know, what are you into? What are you watching? 
you know, um, she had said, Mom, let's look at some YouTube videos before pickup time had happened. And she pulled up a, a YouTube video of a gentleman. And at first I thought maybe it was an American Idol, but it turned into, uh, and excuse me, I'm kind of shaking and crying at the same time because it just hurts my heart where this went, Pastor Ed. Um okay. It was a, a man dancing and jumping around in women's clothes. Okay. And How old is your daughter? She's 11 years old, and I... Okay. It is, it is such an agenda right now in our society. They're in my home with Abigail, who's constantly at church and in our fellowship. Yes. There are shows that I don't allow her to watch, knowing, you know, those, these are some choices people are out here making. Yes. But with a child that I haven't had, I, I want to find ways for her to love me, and automatically the Lord just put onto my heart, I have to start jumping into mother duties with her. Yes. And I don't know how to talk to her about why it's not okay to be gay or homosexual, okay. and I'm lost with words right now. And the visit ended up where she was crying because... Oh, no. Because she didn't understand why it wasn't okay to be homosexual or why it's okay that this agenda in our society is pushing this with our children. Yes. And I don't know where to start with her, Pastor Ed. I know I was looking on the website for—I um, know we had recently uh, had a conference at Calvary in Aurora, and I missed it. And yes. I don't know where to find that information to help give me some tools how to talk to my daughter about about this. Okay, so a couple things. Let's let's uh, broaden our you know let, let's broaden the the scope of where you are right now. You know, the being reintroduced into your daughter's life is very important, and you are beginning to earn a voice in her life. And, you know, you're going to have to discern how far she is and how far she lets you in. Um, but that the, the you're, you're earning credibility in her life. You're earning the ability to speak into her life. And, you know, like anything, we have to, we have to, we're going to have to, with all of the drama that surrounded her life, all of the difficulties that surrounded her life, um, the agenda that you saw on the YouTube video um, the issues surrounding sexuality are actually not her biggest issues right now. Right. The big, the, her biggest issues is reconnecting with her mom and trusting her. Uh, because if she, if you don't, if you try to communicate things that are dramatically different to her worldview, like we, like we shared last night, um, you're going to have to introduce her to a new set of glasses. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember. Do you wear glasses at all? I do contacts. <laughs> And so I, I wear glasses and I wear these progressive lenses and I actually have a new prescription coming. And, and for the first week, almost always when I put my new glasses on, I have a hard time adjusting, especially with progressives. It makes everything, it's really weird. If you're not careful, you could fall downstairs because of the way, the way they are. You have to get used to them and you have to, your, your body or excuse me, your head has to get used to seeing things through these new lenses. And this is where your daughter is. And 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 you being the adult are going to need to exercise self control in how much you give to her, how much you train her, how much you teach her, 
and and then discerning. I mean, you got so much going on all at once uh, that the the emotions of it all, the joy of it all, the sadness and sorrow. You might even feel desperate, like at already eleven. What is she thinking? And there's already oh. a desperation, and that's where I I believe that in order for you to be an effective mom in her life, uh, the that that abiding work of the spirit of self-control and patience is going to be so important. And, and, and so that, that being said on the particular topic, it is important for us as parents to give the biblical worldview on sexuality. And instead of starting with the YouTube video, uh, which is kind of what brings up the topic, we always got to start with, with who, we relate to the we everything starts with god and an understanding of who god is and unless she understands that god created the world unless she understands that she was created in god's image unless she understands how much god loves her you know that path of introducing her to the benevolent sovereign loving caring god that brings about righteousness and judgment everything else is just going to be seen as non-authoritative you know, after all, you're you're a woman that's in my life two hours a week. Um, I you don't really have a, and she's not saying this, but she's she may be thinking this like you don't have a lot of authority in my life yet, um, or in the, even to some degree, I don't know you yet, and I want to know you, and and so so here's some tips because I do think it's I do think it's important that we that we give a biblical worldview on this. I do think it's important that that we don't get lost on just homosexuality though because you know homosexuality is one of several sexual sins that is important to train our kids on whether it's fornication, whether it's adultery. And here's the thing, princess, here's the thing. I know you have a testimony. And at an age appropriate level, one of the ways that your daughter is going to learn about God is through his work in your life. And I'm I'm very ashamed of my testimony. Mm-hmm. I, I wish if I could go back and change things, obviously, you know, and I'd still have my wife and my kids that I have today, but I like I wish I could go back and undo some of the stupid things that I did when I wasn't a believer. And I was ashamed even as a new believer, thinking, what a waste. I wasted all these years wow. and 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 at the same time, I don't know when it was, I don't know how it was, but I'm sure it came from my pastor that that we learned how powerful our testimonies are and how they're living, breathing documents, if you will, of the presence of God. And again, I, I don't want to go too deep on it, and we don't need to, but I suspect, Princess, that sexual sin is a part of your testimony. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's a context to bridge a gap with your daughter. That's a context because we don't, and the reason I share that is also not only is it powerful the God working in our lives, but it is, it, it is important that one particular agenda, one particular, um, you know, we've got to earn the right to be heard. We've got to earn the next question. We've got to, the people that we're sharing with, we need to treat them like human beings, um, whether it's your daughter at 11 or it's somebody wrestling with this lifestyle themselves that might be completely over the top, um, just like I was in sin. This wasn't one of my sins, but when I was in sin, I was over the top defending my sin. You could not tell me I was wrong. 
Um, and you certainly couldn't tell me I was wrong based on what you believe about God in some book. But God was able to break through all those barriers. And so you've got building relationship, you've got building trust, you've got expressing love, you have um, your own testimony, you have what the Bible has to say about human sexuality, which, you know, you're going to be using the old proverbial birds and bees um, discussion when it's appropriate with your daughter to then build a, a construct of having her come to the conclusion that I choose God's way of yeah. sexuality and and that a person that is doing this and a person that's chosen this lifestyle, even a person that claims and believes they were born this way, yeah. um, we, I accept all of those. I accept everyone that has a reason for what they're doing. I don't need to argue with you about it. You know, like, for example, if I'm ministering to someone who is in the homosexual lifestyle and they say, I was born this way, mm. I'm not going to argue with them about that. That's not even the point. Um, and I think in a very real way, they're actually accurate when they say that because we were all born in sin. We all have a proclivity towards sin. Mm. And and so I don't need, we, we sometimes as believers, we choose the wrong arguments. And the real argument is not whether you were born that way or not. The real argument's not what's found in science, any DNA, or any of what that. What God's the real doing in our is, life. Yes, how strength. did God design you? Mm -hmm. Where did sex come from? What are the parameters of sex? Why did God give sex? Where is it okay? Where is it not okay? Mm -hmm. How are we to... Uh, what is, in, in the sense of um, men and women, uh, boys and girls now, just kind of choosing what what sec, what sex literally male or female they want to identify with well that's just a layer of you can identify with whatever but you still are who you are and and that you know these are long conversations this is not yes. a 2 hour conversation these well, are seeds well thank you and, for yes thank you for the reminder um in my life pastor Ed, the Lord does for me what I can't do for myself, and so thanks yeah. for the reminder for the progress progression in it. This last Mother's Day, we were able to go to um, some other church member, members' house who yes. are within our fellowship, and we prayed with her. And so thank mm -hmm. you for the reminder that I need to take this just with love and what the Lord's already doing in Mom's life, in my life today. And I'll just yeah, let that speak until that trust is built. And even watching a video like that, you know, and saying um, uh, open-ended questions are the best questions to ask when you're building relationships with yeah, unbelievers. Yeah, it just shocked me, it, and with, it put me on the fence right away, because I'm so far from that. And raising my daughter to Abigail, who was raised in the church, as I've been saved, yes. it's two different situations. I'm having to reintroduce the Word to her as a, as a new believer to my own daughter than, than my five-year-old who loves the Lord. And I, I think that with a video like that that gets pulled up on YouTube and it's in your house and you're just like, yeah, the like our big my some of my biggest mistakes as a dad is that I overreacted. Yeah, I and did. I I can think of some things where I've overreacted with all of my kids when it comes to these <laughs> topics. And, and so once I can once I can walk in self control, then and and I really want to know what my daughter thinks and say and and I would ask her, what do you think about that video? Okay. Um, and just let it. See who where knows she's what she at thinks. with it. Yes. She okay. says, oh, it's just such a great dance, and <laughs> and um, and I want to yeah. learn how to dance like that. And <sighs> and she may or may not notice what it is, and she goes, sure. you know, what what do you think about a guy dressing up in a dress? 
and you don't even have you know and just well you know i don't think it i think it's okay it's kind of like barbie dolls and and it's like well you know it's interesting because you know it's you're a girl right yes i'm a girl and and uh, so and so's a boy yes he's a boy and it's really cool how god made us boys and girls don't you think and you're just like it's you'll know when to step in but Right. It doesn't always have. You can shape and mold by real gentle ways until until the moment, you know, and until the moment. And you may find through the questions, you got to be ready. She may know more than than you want an eleven year old to know. But these two hours are very key and critical for you to build trust and express love and and earn the questions, earn the right to say yes. Um, I can trust my mom. Even though I don't know her very well, I want to know her more. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. I um, it's really ironic that you say that. Probably not ironic, but uh, the Lord has me in a lot of prayer about learning to just close my mouth right now to let the Lord work. So, can we please pray? I don't want to yes. keep up your other callers. Thank you so okay. much for giving me just simple directions, and you're absolutely right. It's a lot of emotion around it, and I want to be yeah. a good mother to her. Um, but to just slow down and really try to meet her where she's at and to get to know her, I, I want it and so bad. I and I wanted it yesterday. I wanted it five years ago. Um, but yeah. the Lord has made it, you know, seven years in, in this struggle without the children. And it's just yes. snail miles right now. And because and of you know, other things not, going on. And that's the key. You're not going to make up seven years in seven no. minutes. And that's hard, though, because you kind of then all kinds of other emotions kick in. But um, patience is something the Lord gives us on the videos that you're talking about. Email Pastor Keegan uh, at the church or call and leave him a message. He can tell you where they are. Um, I think that the I think that the um, study or the, the event was called Undivided Attention. Thank you. Um, okay. We did for the youth, and it might be on the app still, or we might have archived it somewhere. But Keegan yeah, is K E E. His name, his email is K E E G A N at calvaryaurora.org. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed, for taking my call. That's, can we pray quickly? We can, Father. I pray for Princess in this new season in her life, and and just the the shock and awe of um, what has come through YouTube into her home and what her daughter's looking at. But we don't know her mind. We don't know all her conclusions. But we do know that there is um, walls being uh, broken down when it comes to sexuality and identity. And there is even some uh, part of an agenda to shape and mold the minds of our kids. Mm -hmm. And so, God, I pray that you would give Princess the wisdom on how to reconnect and connect in a fresh new way with this precious, yes. precious 11-year-old. And uh, you're going to do it, God, because you're faithful. In Thank Jesus' you, name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Uh, Bye-bye. You know, Princess Call reminds me, you guys that are listening, here in, in Denver, in the Denver area, Calvary Church in Aurora, we are hosting the weekend of June 1st and 2nd, Christopher Yuan will be coming out. He uh, wrote a book called Out of a Far Country, and he also wrote a book about godly sexuality. And the topic will be exactly this. Uh, He is going to be with us the entire weekend, sharing his own personal testimony and sharing with us what the the Bible has to say about holy sexuality. Dr. Christopher Yuan, June 1st and 2nd. Our services are at Saturday night, 6 p.m., 
845 and 1045 on Sunday morning. And he and his mom are going to be with us that weekend, and they're going to take the whole services. And you are invited. This is These are not only books you need in your, in your library, um, but they're also a testimony to encourage you. Maybe you have a prodigal son. I mean, he's got some. He's got a crazy testimony of his rebellious uh, life against God. But now he's a uh, a Bible professor at Moody uh, at Moody uh, Bible Institute. Uh, unbelievable. And we have been waiting a year, two years almost to get him. So mark your calendars, June 1st and 2nd here at Calvary Church. You're invited. Dr. Christopher Yuan, uh, he wrote a book, Out of a Far Country. It's his personal testimony and the testimony of a praying mom, especially as it relates to homosexuality. He's going to be speaking directly on that topic in a loving, caring, truthful way. And also the I think I'm saying the book right. I think it's godly sexuality or holy sexuality. Uh, it's holy sexuality in the gospel. And that will be also a book that he uh, will be having with him, uh, making it available to you. And he'll be at Calvary Church in Aurora that weekend. And you got to come out. You'll be blessed. All right. We're going to go to line two is GJ in Denver. GJ, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I was just wondering... I, I was just wondering, um, if heaven is perfect and there's no sin, um, how did or why did Lucifer um, fall from grace the way that he did with his ego and pride and wanting to be like, wanting to be like God? And then it kind of makes me wonder, like, what if I'm the knucklehead that messes it all up again after the second coming and all of that? Like, we're, we're kind of predestined to that, aren't we? Well, we've got a couple questions. You've got a couple things working here. Let's let's work first with the angelic realm. The angelic realm, which would include Lucifer, is a different order of creation. Uh, they they are a different order of God's creation. That from the Bible, we can conclude that they were given one choice to make. They were given one choice to make, and once they made that choice. They set their future, their eternity in stone. There's no turning back for the angels. And to your question of how did it happen with Lucifer, it didn't happen until he made the choice. And once he made that one choice to rebel against God, as we, we, we learn in Isaiah, and how the seven I wills of pride and arrogance, it was all one sin of a rebellion against God, and a third of the angels made the same choice to follow him. And there's no turning back for them. Uh, they were given one choice, and the two-thirds of the angelic realm uh, chose to stay with God and serve God. Now, to the question that you ask about yourself and the concern, the good news about humans is that Jesus Christ died for humans, and he died for us that we might enter into a new covenant of grace and the, the goodness of living by the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so if you fail, if we sin, the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so if you do fail after the, well, after, you know, if, you're, if you are referring to failing uh, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you won't, that will not happen. Uh, you will be in your new body. You will be in a whole new relationship with Jesus that's untouched and untainted by sin. 
uh, and and so that failure won't exist. But you know, if you fail before then, before the rapture, uh, before the second coming, before you're in the presence of God, God has provided a way for you to respond and recover from that failure, and that's by repenting and surrendering. Uh, and so the failure that you fear, I don't believe is biblically possible. Okay. So I can't mess this up, is what you're saying. You can't mess this up, but I can say this. Um, you can't mess... I don't believe you can mess up your relationship with God in terms of eternal salvation. But you can mess up how you enjoy it. You can mess up by living with loads of consequences. Like today, the judgment of God is upon Jesus Christ upon on the cross, that he took the wrath of God upon himself in place of you and me by faith. But one thing that Jesus didn't take on the cross was he didn't take away the consequences for our stupid sins. And right. everyone listening to the show right now, GJ and me, suffer consequences for our sinful decisions. Some are worse and some are better. Uh, than worse, but we all suffer consequences. That's why it's best to abide in Christ and stay as far away from sin as possible. Okay. Thank you very much. That that, that makes me feel better. Huh. Well, good. It's a good question. I think it's a, a real probing question. It's, it's actually, I mean, you probably realize this, but in case you don't, it's a pretty deep question that you asked, and it's a good one. Well, good. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate your show, and and uh, God bless. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up. I'm going to try to take Lydia. We might have to take it to the other side, but uh, give me a call. Lines are open, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line three and Lydia, and we'll just take it on the other side of the break if we have to. Lydia, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Um. I'm so sorry, but I think my phone is going to go dead. But my, I'll ask really quick. Um, I just recently got baptized, and I've been going to this church, and a lot of people there speak in tongues. Okay. And I feel like something's wrong with me because I don't speak in tongues. What are your thoughts on that? Nothing is wrong with you because you don't speak in tongues, because not everyone has the gift of tongues. Oh, I see. Yeah, sometimes I just feel like, I just don't feel like I belong or something because I don't, you know? Well, you may need to check the the church that you're in. It says that you're in a newer, new church, and so you may want to check what their, what their particular theology and beliefs are when it comes to this gift, because it may be being, it may be, uh, exercised incorrectly, and it may be overemphasized, uh, but no one yeah. should ever feel think, inadequate yeah. because they yeah. have differing gifts from other people, because the Bible I, says we all have differing gifts. Uh-huh. Okay. That that makes me feel better. I do sometimes think it's overemphasized, but, you know, I love my church, and I love the people there, and I'm very, very happy there, but, yeah, sometimes I... I think it's overemphasized, like you said. Yeah, and, and it should be. You know, love should be emphasized. So I'm glad that you see that. And keep a, keep an eye on that because, you know, when you're sitting under that kind of teaching for a while, it really messes with your head. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. 
thank you so, so much for taking my call, and I'm glad my you're phone welcome. didn't go dead. And oh, God good. bless you. And keep thank doing you. what you're doing. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, we were able to do it. We've got open lines, 303-690-3000 as we come up on the first and only break. Say hey to you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM and the low-power FM stations around the country that carry Calvary Live. We're grateful that you do, and you can call in. Uh, You may be hearing this show one week delayed, but when you call in while it's on the air, you will call in live to the studios of Grace FM here in Aurora, Colorado, and you'll be on the air. You just won't hear it in your area for another week, but we'll all hear it live on Grace FM. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm hosting today, taking your calls and your questions on this beautiful day, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. 0897 Got a text from Greeley, Colorado. Sergio text in. Love listening to Bible studies by you and Pastor John Randall. And I often hear references to certain commentaries. Which commentaries would you recommend and where would be the best place to find them? Well, a few commentaries that are available for free are, av- are available on a website called blueletterbible.org. BlueLetterBible.org, a very trustworthy group of men and women put this website together with uh, free resources uh, that would cost you know thousands of dollars. I- I've invested thousands of dollars in my Bible program, my electronic you know Bible program, um, but many of the resources that I use are available on BlueLetterBible.org, and they're you know most of them are in the in the public domain, but they're really good. Um, and and so start there. That's free. You can do word studies. You can look up words. You can find the Greek and the Hebrew. Uh, and then I think another commentary that everybody should have in their library is the Bible Knowledge Commentary. That's a one volume, the Bible Knowledge Commentary. Another one is a two volume. It's called the Expositional Commentary or... Um, you can get, uh, or it might be the, called the Expositors. or exp- It's Warren Wiersbe's commentary, and I think they've expanded it since I purchased it to include most of the Old. I think he did all the Old Testament, um, but there's also there's the New Testament and the Old Testament. It might be three volumes now. Wiersbe, W-I-E-R-S-B-E. Uh, he just uh, graduated into heaven, uh, but he is one of the most simple uh, powerful commentaries. Another two or another two volume, five volume is J. Vernon McGee. Very, very simple uh, to understand. And again, you're looking at just trying to understand the simplicity of the gospel. John MacArthur uh, also has put out commentaries. Pretty expensive if you buy them one by one, but he is the master Bible expositor. Um, I don't agree with him with this Reformed theology or some of the things he says about charismatics, but most of the stuff he writes is amazing, and you've got to learn to chew the meat and spit out the bones, even with uh, well-respected uh, pastors. So 
John MacArthur. But I would start with um, Blue Letter Bible. You're going to find a lot of resources for free right there. Um, I also love John Corson. He's a Calvary Chapel guy. Uh, I love listening to Pastor Skip Heitzig. Uh, while he doesn't have any commentaries, uh, he has some great books. Um, Pastor Chuck, we've all studied through the Bible with Chuck Smith. Um, again, not a commentary, but we, you know, if you get if you go to your app store and you download the Word for today, all of his teachings are available for free, as well as his books. I think. And so, where do you get them? Our bookstore is not open yet. Uh, we're remodeling downstairs in our building, uh, but pretty soon we will reopen. Uh, but until then, go to Amazon.com. Those are the best places. And you can actually buy some of them used, uh, a lot cheaper than brand new. And so, I mean, I, I, I read extensively. I'm kind of looking across just in my paper. Um, my I've Henry Morris, Kent. Uh, I see uh, Phillips. Uh, I see... what. Uh, I mean, you name it. I, I I love commentaries. And the thing about reading commentary, Sergio, is nobody speaks definitively on the Word of God commentary. Just like no pastor gets it right 100% of the time, no commentary. And when you're studying the Bible, the last thing you should look at is a commentary, not the first. Um, because you're just looking at commentaries to see if through your rigorous study you got it right you know and if i came up with something and i look up john MacArthur and he has something totally different and it's you know not something i disagree with but like if i missed it then i missed it and that's the value of a commentary or if a commentary has an idea that i really like i like developing that idea or that application and i don't necessarily have to um, come up with the ideas myself, and on occasion, I will just quote it word for word. I don't. I won't develop the idea and apply it. I'll just quote it. It was so good. I was just like, man, John MacArthur said this. John Corson said this. Skip Heitzig said this, and um, allow them to you know get the credit for their idea. But sometimes I'll take an idea and I'm like, I'm going to develop that myself. I love the idea, and I'll develop it. And a commentary will stir my mind to see the text differently than what I've been looking at all that time. Blueletterbible.org. Let's go to line one is Adam in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Adam, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. What's going on? Um, so I was just calling for some prayer today. Um, I'm getting ready to move back to California, and... Um, I've just been having such an onslaught of the enemy attacking me like I've never experienced before. And um, it just seems like the enemy's trying to do everything that he can to prevent me from going back out there. Um, you know, like even working through some of my best friends, you know, for like mocking me for, you know, turning back to the Lord and even working through my parents a little bit. Like, and then even like another thing that like really has been like, shaking me to the core lately like it's scary but like the enemy has been trying to get me to blaspheme the holy spirit and like it just seems like the mm -hmm. only prayer that i can pray sometimes is just like lord i'm just holding on to you like i've got two weeks because i put my two weeks in at work and so i'm just trying to hold strong until i can get back out there to the place where god originally called me okay all right well father i pray for my friend as he uh, has made the decision to step out in faith and return back to California. We we know that any big step of faith of obedience is going to be met with resistance, and so I pray for Adam as he deals with the resistance that you would give him wisdom 
God, to discern what is from you and what is not from you, that you would give him strength and self-control to respond to, um, to these things and to these disruptions and to these difficulties in the Spirit and not in his flesh, yeah. and that you would help him, Lord, and lead him in where you want him exactly to serve you, to love you, and to be available for all that you still have for his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. We'll move right on to Tom. Tom's calling in Denver, Colorado. Tom, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor Ed. Hello. Hello. Yes, how can I help you? Um, I had a question, Pastor. I was just wondering, I lost a little baby several years back. And I know there's a lot of little guys going to heaven as we speak. I was curious. Yes. I wonder if babies grow in heaven, or do they stay the same? You know, that's a good question. The Bible doesn't say precisely what happens after death for a baby. Or okay. really, the bigger question is, and, and I don't mean um, in terms of whether a baby goes to heaven, the Bible is clear on that, but what happens to the body, how they grow up, or the bigger question, what age will we be in heaven, all, all right. of us? You know, if you die at 100, what age will you be? Um, or if you enter into heaven as a baby, even an aborted baby, what what age? And so many people have come to the conclusion that in the resurrection, in the resurrected body, everyone fast-forwards to a specific age, the ideal age of uh -huh. what that would be. Um, even then, then the, the ideal age isn't really mentioned um, a, as well, but the reality of Jesus dying at the age of 33, um, Adam and Eve being created as adults, um, that there's going to be some kind of median age where we're going to be gloriously perfect and we'll be remade in flawless bodies. But I don't, I don't see any, any indication that um, babies grow up in heaven like that because they, you know, once you're in the presence of God, you're outside of time. Right. Um, so the, the, we're not in the presence of God. We're not going to be living in a linear time restricted space. Uh, but instead, it's going to be a glorious new dimensional experience for us. Um, but we do know for sure babies uh, are ushered right into the presence of God. David declared that inspired by the Holy Spirit, that when he lost his son, that his son couldn't return to him, but that he would go to be with his son. Uh, and right. he meant that in relationship. And so we know that for sure. But what age? The Bible's strangely silent on that question. Okay, I just had my curiosity peaked on that. You know, I, I know when we pass away that we go to be with the Lord in that. And I yes. Just, I was just curious. That, well, uh, there's, I, a, there's a scripture. Uh, one, you know, there's a scripture that comes to mind. In First John chapter 3, it says, Dear friends, now that we're children of God, it's not. we don't know what we... Uh, we will be has not been yet made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so there's some indication that G, that that as Jesus is, we'll be, and and so however that lines up, it's going to be a glorious occasion. So they might go from a baby right into a little bit older, kind of. I think, however they go, I, I don't think <laughs> heaven's going to 
I don't think heaven's going to be filled with babies. Okay. Um, I think that I think that the baby the 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 idea of relationship, even the idea of relationship is going to be different. Um, you know, I don't think. Right. Uh, I think I do believe we're going to know each other. Uh, we're we're going to uh, have similar relationships with one another. But like for example, we know that marriage doesn't carry over into heaven. Right. And and so the main focal point of our heavenly eternal being will be in Jesus Christ, and it'll be a perfect relationship, whatever it might be. Um, but to be reunited with our loved ones is going to be pretty cool. Amen. Amen to I'm that. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks for your time, Pastor. Thanks for calling. God bless you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, losing a child is um, is a very hard thing. I was going to say that it's the worst thing, but worse is a relative term. And you may have experienced something that's worse in your context. And, you know, for me, along with my friend uh, Adam here from Highlands Ranch, um, or excuse me, Tom in Denver, um, losing a child is like horrific. And May is always a difficult month for our family with all of the, the difficulties of, uh, I'm, I'm writing. Uh, right now, I'm going to write a new blog post of hope, even when people don't choose hope. Um, you know, you you cling to hope. Maybe that's a word from the Lord for you. I've been writing on it, crafting the, again, my six-year, I don't want to call it an anniversary, I hate that word, uh, but the six-year mark of my son passing away. Uh, it would have been 30, my son would have been 32. Wow. But I've been crafting this blog post, um, taking us back to the hospital, uh, taking us back to the 24-7 bedside vigil that his mom and I held in deep, deep hope. Like it was, it was hope. We, we wanted to be the first people that he saw, not a nurse, not a doctor, but his family. We wanted his family to be there. When other family wasn't there, we made sure that we were there 24-7. And on occasion, other family would show up. Um, his siblings were there a lot. Uh, we, uh, My mother-in-law, some good friends of ours, some good friends in the church were there a lot. Uh, and he would have seen very familiar, loving uh, faces, whether it happened at 3 in the morning or it happened at three in the afternoon. It didn't matter. Um, and so I'm, I'll be writing on that. You can follow me, sign up for updates on my blog, edtaylor.org. I actually write a lot about grief, and I've written a lot about my son. And uh, I'll, also be, I'll also be writing an article, and I'll just share it with you now, about developing your estate, uh, actually seeing an attorney, and setting up an estate plan, uh, especially... Writing down what you want to be done, what your beliefs are, your biblical beliefs are when you are unable to speak for yourself. Like my son was in a coma and he was unable to speak for himself. Unfortunately, we never instructed him to write down. We had many conversations, so we knew exactly what he wanted, but we were unable to make those decisions for him because legally... We did not have that standing. 
And so we weren't able to affirm the decisions that he said that he made um, because he didn't write them down and decisions were made by other people that didn't reflect his values. And you need to have it in writing. You need to set up an estate. You need to even put it in a living will if necessary so that you give medical power of attorney, that you spread that responsibility to other people. Attorneys will help you with this. It is not as expensive as you think. Um, and, you know, if you travel, mom and dad, I, I just kicked myself for thinking even when my kids were younger, Marie and I didn't have a will. We didn't have anything set up that if both of us passed away, what would happen to our kids? You, listen, you guys got to do this. Please, please, please don't experience what we, Marie and I experienced. It is horrific. It only makes the trauma worse if you don't have it in writing. And then, of course, if you travel, you take a vacation with your wife, you uh, go out on a date without your kids and something tragic happens to you and you don't have it in writing, you don't want uh, someone else making those decisions for you, you don't want a judge making those decisions for you, um, because sometimes the law doesn't even, isn't even on your side. Um, you know, we, Marie and I also found out there's no grandparent rights in Colorado. None. None. And that's a shame. Uh, you want to put into writing uh, if you were to pass away. Of course, um, I would not withhold, you know, my grandkids from their grandparents or uh, that I don't want to, um, I, I want to live. I'm alive and I want to live. I don't want to be put in hospice in this condition. And you want to put those in writing uh, because if you don't, uh, it, it's not good. It's not good. And so estate planning is very important. It's not just about money. Although if you have money, you have a house, you have bank accounts, you better get them set up because if you pass away, uh, legalities get involved. And I learned this with my mom as well, not just my son in, uh, in, in his medical condition, but I learned it as the executor from my mom that when you have to probate everything, um, which my parents didn't have much, uh, but we had to probate it, it was a mess. And it took me over two years from Cal Colorado to California to, to get that all taken care of. But if we would have had the right paperwork in order, it would have been so simple. And so I don't, I don't have any recommendations of lawyers or anything. You'll have to do that on your own. Um, but please do it. And I'll be writing a blog post on that pretty soon here too. Um, something I never said before. I'm saying it now. Invest a couple hundred bucks and at least get a living will. At least get something that says, this is what I want and how I want it to be done. So if there's any disagreements or everybody has opinions or in-laws get involved or even pastoral counsel that is completely contrary to, it, it's just, you got to get it in writing, please. 303-690-3000. Timothy in Denver, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, you uh, are greatly inspirational. I'm glad that you take the bold stands you do uh, and... You know, uh, there's nothing quite like it. In my life, I took a course of action that stunned everybody in an accident, and I turned away from my attorney, unfortunately, who uh, just didn't want to listen to anything I was telling him. I eventually tracked down my own injuries after the case, but I had miracle after a miracle because I turned wow. down a neck fusion when I got out of the case. My whole lower body fell apart. Wow. Uh, they were off by two feet, and I had the most amazing miracles. 
And when you hear the Lord's voice, and I understand why you are such a good pastor, you're never the well, same. Thank you very much. How can I help you're you? You're never the same. You know, and I just want—I just want look. I just you—you you help me all the time. So I just want to say I'm <laughs> grateful for what you do, man. Uh, you're just great, and you keep going because uh, I think there's so many people who really, really appreciate your honesty. It comes through every word you state. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, my brother. Thanks for calling. Yes, I feel better. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're coming up toward the end. We have a few minutes, so open lines this afternoon. Um, 303-690-3000. Here's a text that came in. I pray for my mom. Uh, Her husband died of cancer two and a half years ago, uh, and she's grieving and hasn't found comfort. See her as an outsider and have shut her out. Yeah. That's a bad one. Um, I can personally relate with your mom. It's just hard. Contesting her late husband's will. <laughs> it's very messy and disheartening. Yeah. Yeah, the, the decisions can be very messy and disheartening on top of grief, especially when people that aren't grieving get involved in the process that haven't lost a son or haven't lost a husband, but they get all up involved in it. It can be really, really hard. So uh, let me say for your mom that grief share is a ministry that could really help her with the grief side um, and just really help process the loss of her, the love of her life. And I think she's ready. Uh, She can't do much about her late husband's family. Can't do much about it. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to do it. And, you know, you add to that, oh, we're Christians, or even get the approval of a pastor. And it's like... They're going to do what they want to do, and they're just going to have to do it as under the Lord. But our response to it is everything. And we can choose, we can have a good response, or we can have a bad response, but it's a response nonetheless. We want to have a good response, and we want to let people do whatever they're going to do, commit it to the Lord, and then you keep your eyes, your mom keeps her eyes on the Lord. That's what she needs from you. Keep her focused on the love of God and His comfort and we just can't do anything about this disheartening, messy uh, attitude of people that, that are outside. Um, and if you're listening and you're serving someone that is grieving, grieving comes first. Like that, that's where we want to direct the gospel to the hurting heart. Um, and we don't want to take sides. Uh, we don't want to, we, we can declare something's wrong. Uh, and that's just wrong, but we don't need to take sides because that's where bitterness comes. Just continue to respond in forgiveness. Just re- continue to extend forgiveness in your heart. Uh, just continue to, 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 even in your prayers, to pray for them. Pray that God would bring about equity and justice, and just, just tell God, I forgive them uh, over and over again because it can be ongoing. Even over six years, it can be ongoing, and you just got to continue to forgive so that you're clean before the Lord. And let the Lord deal with them. Read the Psalms. David dealt with people that he just had to commit to. He says, hey, you know, these guys are doing, I was just reading Psalm 120 uh, recently. Uh, I've been going through the uh, Psalms of Ascent. And check this out. Check out what what is said here. Let me look for it. I'm going to read it in the New King James. No, I want to read it in the New Living. Let me find it in the New Living. It's Psalm 120. This is so cool. I like the New Living just puts words to it that are straight up. Check this out. I took my troubles to the Lord, and I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. 
Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? And how will he increase your punishment? People were lying about him. You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer among these scoundrels of Meshach. It pains me to live with these people of Kedar. I'm tired of living here among people who hate peace. (laughs) Oh my gosh. As for me, I'm peace. I'm for peace. But when... But when I speak, they are for war. Isn't that true? There are just people that want that they live in drama. They love drama and they're always stirring up drama. And you're like, I just want peace. Like, I just want the will to be spoken of. I, I just want I just want what's right. Any kindergartner, first grader can tell what's right, let alone someone that says they're a believer uh, and and deal with, um, deal with the reality of the grief first, because that's the most uh, difficult equilibrium crushing emotion in the whole thing. And and once we can get some equilibrium and you know get to a place where there's an abiding strong relationship in Christ, then we might deal with the other drama. We may not be able to deal with the other drama. Um, we may not be able to ever deal with it. The, the drama, those that, that live in drama love drama. Those that want war love war. And they don't want peace. And I did a Bible study on forgiveness. If you want, I can send you the links. Anyone listening, I did a whole series on 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 uh, dealing with your past, and one of them is the topic of forgiveness. And I also have a worksheet. You can email me directly at Pastor Ed, P A S T O R E D at CalvaryAurora.org, Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org, and I'll send you some links because one of the things is a workshop workshop sheet packet that we use here on forgiveness, and there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. You know, forgiveness is an act. It's a choice, and it's one that we have to make every day. It's like love. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. It's a choice of obedience. But reconciliation actually requires the other person to repent. And if they don't repent and they continue to sin, that's just manipulation. And we don't need to submit to manipulation. Don't even go there. Go keep your eyes on the Lord. Stay strong. But, you know, don't without repentance, there's no reconciliation. But that doesn't mean you don't forgive. You got to continue to forgive over and over and over and over again. 303 690 3000. We're coming up on the end of the show. Um, so uh, I'm going to. I, I see three callers here. Uh, Dana wants to pray for a friend who lost his son. Lisa wants to pray for son-in-law that's addicted to, uh, um, is drug addicted and in the hospital. And Jessica wants to pray for kids experiencing loss with the shootings and such, and even the high rate of suicide. So because we only have a minute left, I'm going to pray for all you guys on the air uh, or on hold. And so God, I do pray for these needs that have been brought to us. Dana's friend uh, who lost their son in a motorcycle accident. Um, I pray that you would open the door for Dana to help and to love 
I pray for Lisa and her fa- pray for her son-in-law addicted in the hospital, Lord, that you would deliver them from the addiction. I pray for Jessica, uh, with Jessica, I should say, for the kids that are not only experiencing loss, but dealing with all the high rate of suicide and in all the difficulties, God, that um, give us wisdom on how to minister to the kids, how to minister the gospel in a wise, loving way. Grace and truth in Jesus' name. Amen. And let me just say, Dana, uh, Grief Share is a very important resource, griefshare.org. And also I, my website, edtaylor.org. Part of what I write on is the topic of grief. And there's a lot of great articles on how the how-tos of ministering to people. I also wrote some heartfelt articles that what does it look like for a guy that's grieving? Uh, in my case, a grieving the loss of my son, of course. Um, the loss of everything that went and everyone uh, that went that died with my son. Um, you know, he died individually, but his when his voice died, um, we lost a lot of other relationships, unfortunately. Uh, weird stuff, just like this poor gal that lost her dad. Just weird stuff. Not weird. I mean, it's not weird. It's sinful stuff. How about that? Let's use a biblical terminology. So my heart's with you guys. Thank you for your prayers. I pray for you. We're going to get through this. We're going to finish our race well. Not, not because of our weakness and our inabilities, but because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus is real. He loves you. And by his strength, you're going to make it. I'm going to make it. He's going to complete what he started in our lives. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.